would you turn to Second Chronicles chapter 7. Second Chronicles chapter 7. Just verse 1 is all I would like to read for you. Second Chronicles chapter 7. I'm going to ask that you stand. You've been sitting a while. Would you stand and change positions if you're able to and we'll get settled in here. Second Chronicles chapter 7. Just verse 1. It reads, When Solomon finished praying, fire flashed down from heaven and burned up the burnt offerings and sacrifices and the glorious presence, the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we ask that you would just be with the reading of your word, that you would quicken our hearts and our minds today. Would you renew our spirits this evening? Lord, would you allow us to experience you in a different way that we have never experienced you in the past? Would you move upon us in a fresh way? Those that are seeking your presence, those that are seeking or just you, would you just move on us, I pray. In Christ Jesus' name we ask these things. Amen. You may be seated. It's King Solomon's story and the glory of God and His presence that it's referring to is, is just that. It's His presence. It's God with His people. And it was a glorious worship service that took place. You see, Solomon got to build the temple, and he spared no expense. He only used the best of materials to put everything together. All of it. No holds barred. The best of the best. You remember David, his father, got to make the plans for the temple. But God said, you won't build it, David. Sorry about that. But I've got another that's going to do that. And Solomon is the one who built the temple. And Solomon, this day, this first worship service in this brand new temple that he spared no expense, did the best job that could be done. And the woodworking and the candle making and the altar making and the temple itself, the best job he could, wanted to assure that God's presence would be in that place. You remember how it was the time before. I get them mixed up sometimes. The cloud would move during the day and the people of Israel would follow it and they, then they would set up camp when it stopped and then the fire would be there at night to represent God's presence well this was the structure this this was not going to be moved anywhere they weren't just going to pack it up the next day all to another place Solomon wanted to make sure that this worship service was going to take the cake it was going to be amazing. And then my heart is saddened 
when we are churches like we are, in the ministry that we are, and Satan has robbed the church of its joy. He's robbed the church of God's presence. Even our very lives, whether we're in the church or not, Satan comes in like a thief, the Scripture says, like a roaring lion. And for tonight's purposes, you and I sometimes fail to prepare for God's presence. Why? You have your own reason, just as I have mine. It might be because I think God works only in the common sense area of life. Not true. Be careful, right? Sometimes we expect God to do big and grand things, but yet, is it Elijah that experienced that God is in the small, still voice? And if we're not careful, church, we're going to miss it. We're going to miss his presence. But Solomon wanted to assure, he wanted to make sure that God's glory, I'm in the south, I'm sorry, God's glory (laughs) is going to fill that place. There's a few things that happen here that I want to walk you through. First is this. If you back up a little bit in a couple of chapters, Second Chronicles chapter 5, 11 through 14, we read this. Then the priests left the holy place. All the priests who were present had purified themselves, whether or not they were on duty that day. And the Levites who were musicians, Asaph, Heman, Jeduthun, and all their sons and brothers were dressed in fine linen robes and stood at the east side of the altar playing cymbals, lyres, and harps. They were joined by 120 priests who were playing the saxophone. Now, if you know your scripture, that's not right, right? That's trumpets. And the trumpeters and the singers performed together in unison. Remember that. They performed together in unison to praise and to give God thanks. Accompanied by the trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments, they raised their voices and praised the Lord with these words. He is good. His faithful love endures forever. All At that moment, at that moment, mind you, a thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord. The priests could not continue their service. When's the last time you've been in a worship service here or anywhere where it couldn't continue because the glory of God was so much, you guys just had to stand up and praise the Lord. It's been a long time since I've been in a service like that. So they couldn't even continue their service because of the cloud. For the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple of God. It was in one voice that that choir, this isn't even the heavenly choir. This is all earthly, all man and woman made. 
they sang in one voice, and the 120 trumpeters played in one voice. It was an elaborate display. It was big. It was huge. It was no small thing. Solomon wanted to make sure, as I said before, that God would hear, that God's presence would come. Growing up in Lincoln County with mom and dad moving there from Charlotte back in the early 80s, and, and Peggy can testify to this, that, that uh, we got to uh, play in uh, the marching band. And um, I'm not sure how many, Peggy, you guys had. I don't know if it was 250 or whatever, but I think we were around that number. And some at some point, it got even a little bit greater than that. And then our band director had the great idea or bad idea of taking us all down to Florida. And uh, some of them, not me, my mom and dad's here, got in trouble. And then he downsized. He didn't upsize the french fries he downsized the band and it was still at a 220 and boy did it sound good being a part of that i got to play the tuba for several years and you got to hear the trumpets and the trombones he didn't allow saxophones you know uh, he didn't even like saxophones and i was a saxophone player he asked me pretty quick um in, when when we got started there in ninth grade playing in the band ac would you pray play tuba i know your brother did and i know your dad did would you play tuba and i sure i just thought it was an honor but here he just didn't like saxophones and he whittled that saxophone section that was some 16 when I started down to two we had the flutes and the clarinets you had the drums it was a big deal and it was wonderful to be a part of and it was huge and that's the same thing that Solomon wanted to make sure this deal this was the worship service to top all worship services and as I said before, Solomon wanted to make sure that God was going to show up and bless the place. That happened because the people simply praised God. In this context, church, they praised him in a flamboyant way. And I know that sometimes God comes in a small, still voice and in the quiet. But he also shows up when the people are on fire. And in one voice and in one heart, we praise the Lord, thanking him for everything that we can thank him for. Leaving no stone unturned. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We praise you, Holy Lord. Praise was there. What else was there? Sacrifice. If you keep reading there in Second Chronicles chapter 5, there before the ark, King Solomon and the entire community of Israel sacrificed so many sheep, goats, and cattle that no one to keep count. This was not a sin offering. This was a fellowship offering. And if PETA 
had existed, they would have had a hard time with this old-fashioned barbecue going on. You know what I mean. We got in, flew into Greensboro last night, and um, the place that we frequent there in Greensboro is Stamey's Barbecue. And I'll tell you what, we will make a trip, whether it's uh, out of the way or on the way. We will stop by Stamey's and get some barbecue. We got to enjoy that last night. And that's what this was. This was just a good old-fashioned get-together pig roast. You guys had a pig roast, didn't you, John? Was that you and Peggy that had a pig roast? It was. Just people got together, but there were so many animals on this barbecue, they couldn't even count them. Again, we see this flamboyant display of affection for God. It was over the top, and that's okay. Well, we don't have to sacrifice animals anymore. Isn't that good? Although, when we showed up at our house where we're at there in Kansas, Syracuse, Kansas, for now, the previous pastor and his wife, she had a heart for cats. I, you guys like cats? Some of you do, maybe. And these cats kept showing up because she fed them. And they were street cats. Um, and Lisa would cook, and we'd have the back doors, uh, at least the, the uh, curtain pulled out, and I'm sure the aroma was hitting the neighborhood because I'm telling you, if not a dozen cats, more showed up and came on the back stoop waiting to be fed because Miss Barb had fed the cats. They still come back. This was a flamboyant. This was huge, but it was a sacrifice. You know what it meant? for them to sacrifice their animals over this thing. It was their way of living. It was a part of their home. It was just that, a sacrifice. Well, AC, we don't have to do that anymore, and you're right. We don't have to sacrifice these animals, but what does God ask us to sacrifice You'll know the verse, it's Romans 12, 1. I beseech ye therefore, brethren, that you present yourself, what? A living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, your reasonable act of worship, to offer yourself to God, no holds barred. Every corner of your heart, every part of your body, every part of your soul, your mind, your heart, as Mark 12:30 says, love the Lord with your Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength, and everything your everythingness, everything you have to sacrifice it before the Lord. Even those parts of life you don't want to give up, whatever it may be whatever it may be, to sacrifice it, to give it to him. The thinking of things as time, your treasures, your talent, your whole self, giving it to the Lord. Giving it to the Lord. 
What's another thing? They praised the Lord at this first worship service. They made uh, this flamboyant barbecue, this fellowship offering that was a pleasing aroma to the Lord, and the Lord showed up. The sacrifice. And then the last thing was this. Solomon prayed. He prayed. We had a beautiful prayer time tonight. Beautiful. He prayed. How do you treat your prayer with God? Because when Solomon finished praying, God's presence came down like a fire and it completely filled the place up. Again, so much so that the service of the priests was interrupted. They couldn't continue. Solomon's only prayer request was for God to intervene in that place. What is your prayer life like? You may spend hours. You may spend moments. I don't know. Whatever works for you. But in our Western world, I know that our prayer requests typically get to what? Lord, you align yourself up with my will because I need you to make this happen, right? We prayed that. I prayed that. God, I need you to move on this. I need you to take care of this business. So, Lord, you align yourself up with my will and myself and what needs to happen. When prayer is the opposite. We've almost turned God into our personal genie, church. There's a problem with that. When prayer aligns us, you and I, with God's will, not with our, and we have a hard time with that because we can tell God all about His will, exactly how it needs to happen. Aligning ourselves with God's will. That's the power of prayer, you see. When we align ourselves with God's will, He can do something. He can do something that would just totally blow your mind. People come and they ask to me, Pastor AC, would you pray? Would you pray? I even remember trying to keep up with, with a minister. I was on staff at Wesleyan Church there in Reedsville, and I tried to keep up uh, with the minister, and, and uh, that minister had been there for 50 years at that church. And so he wasn't young as I was. He was in his 70s. And I would try to keep up with him going to the hospital and um, going going different places. And uh, he would call me, AC, you meet me over here. AC, I'm coming by to pick you up. Or AC, we got to go over and see this person at this home and pray with him. And, and we would pray and pray and pray. We'd even be walking through the hospital. AC, let's take a detour. And we go into somebody we had no idea who they were. Can we pray for you today? And he would pray. And he would walk down the hallway there at Moses. Cone Hospital up there in Greensboro and he would see somebody I mean he had been around for 50 years so he knew somebody right and he would see somebody and uh, can we pray with you 
How can I pray for you? And they would say, well, you can pray for this, Pastor Clayton. Pastor Clayton would grab my hand. I was like, don't grab my hand. We're not praying right here in the middle of the hospital, are we? These people are walking up and down the hallways. And we were praying. And yeah, the fire would fall. Right there at the entranceway. Be careful that we don't turn God into our personal genie, church. When people ask me to pray, I pray. But I pray for them to have the strength and courage for whatever God's got lined up down the road. Whatever that might be. Lord, you give this person wisdom. You give them your strength. You give them your guidance. Because as I don't know, they don't know what in the world they're stepping into. And what tomorrow, doesn't the scripture say something about like that? Don't boast about tomorrow because you don't know what today holds. That we would pray God's will. So these three things, and I know there's more. We won't take time to go into them. But praising the Lord. Sacrificing whatever is in between us and God is a good place to start, church. And then praying. When God is present, there's no mistake that He's there. Is there? He is there. Well, Pastor AC, the scripture changed. The New Testament kind of lined up things a little bit different for us, didn't they? The Old Testament, they had to call on the Holy Spirit, right? To fill the temple. But see, Jesus Christ changed all of that. And he told the disciples, and he's telling us, but you are the temple. You house the Holy Spirit. You, you, you are the temple. This might hurt a little bit. Don't let that be an excuse for you being aligned with God. Well, it's a new day. Christ died. So he's always with me. He's always in my temple. Is he? Have we properly prepared? That's the question for tonight. Have we properly prepared? Solomon just gives us a story in the ways that we can prepare, where we praise the Lord, we bring Him the sacrifice, and we pray His fire down, and His presence come. And if He's not, maybe we're not prepared for it. 
maybe we're really not prepared for what God needs to do in our lives and the lives that we have influence with. So I ask you the same question. Are you prepared for God's presence? His presence. It's an experience of being prepared for who God is and what He's going to do in and through us. I wonder if, Robbie, could you come back one more time and let's sing just the chorus of that song, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. As we close tonight, and I'm going to ask you to stand if you're able. Two things I want to ask you about tonight. Maybe you haven't asked the Lord Jesus Christ to be in your heart and your life. You need God's presence. And the only way to get that is to submit to His will and His way. To repent of your sin, to stop your sin, turn the other direction and run towards Him. This altar is here if you would like to come and pray. I'm sure others will come and gather around you and pray and support. Because we don't want you to leave this place without knowing the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. But there may be some of you in the house tonight that you've been walking the walk and you've been talking the talk. You've been doing everything right. But you just have not sensed God's presence. And you want to be renewed and refreshed in your spirit tonight. I'm going to ask that you would come too. That you would fill this altar in our time together this week. That we would get reacquainted with God. A holy God. Who loved us so much that he sent his son into the world. To die a horrible death. His blood to be sacrificed for you and I that we might find forgiveness and peace and restoration with him. So would you sing that chorus? I'm going to ask you to come. Holy Spirit, you are in the house tonight. Thank you, Lord God. Spirit, oh, thank you. Praise you, Lord God. Would you come? Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. 
you to come and maybe gather around the altar tonight with some of these and maybe you just want to come. I would invite you to come. with you tonight. It's a story that came out of Carter County, Tennessee. Church had developed and they approached an attorney to put a name on the deed. The land was given to the church. And so the church had decided to put the Lord God Almighty on the deed and asked the lawyer, can we do that? And the lawyer said, yeah, we can do that, no problem at all. And so the name, Lord God Almighty, was put on the deed and the church had grown and it was kind of nearing the end of its ministry and 
The people that weren't sure what to do with the church, the deed, there was no name other than God's name on it. And they wanted to sell the land and went to the attorney and asked the attorney, said, can we sell this? And he, he said, yeah, as, as long as we can find out that the name on the deed, that that person doesn't exist anymore and they're not found, then, then yeah, we, we can sell the church. We can sell the property, no problem. You just need the sheriff's signature. So they went and talked to the sheriff. And the sheriff said yes. The newspaper picked up on the story. The headline read, The Lord God Almighty, not to be found in Carter County, Tennessee. Don't let that be said of this church, of you as the temple of the Holy Spirit, that God Almighty can't be found. We need His presence to work through all the circumstances and all the trials of life and direction. We just simply need Him. So maybe he be found in your presence tonight.